0: Hey there, it's your host, Jacqueline. I am one who usually focuses on the brain and how thoughts mixed with taking manifesting actions speed up the manifestation process with receiving your desires. However, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. My guest, Victoria, and I recorded this podcast in May 2020 when the world was going through troubling times with our health. But since then, especially in America, more serious issues on top of the serious issue of our health also have our attention. We are living in troubling times at the moment. I would be lying to you if I didn't say I spent most of the morning crying over everything that is happening lately. Even though it seems there is so much bad happening in the world right now, there are truly really a lot of good souls who want to support each other as a collective community through love, happiness, and equality in all realms of our lives. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel whatever you are feeling right now but you still have to take care of yourself first and foremost in order to truly be able to help others during these troubling times. Your self-care is the backbone to everything you do. In order to make positive changes in your life, you've got to have a full cup of self-care and self-love to use your energy wisely. And this is why Victoria and I decided to record this episode, because we want to help you. Today, you're going to learn how to use your heart's intelligence system in order to feel better and adjust your focus. Of course, your brain is connected to your heart, so everything does work together simultaneously. But we want to give you some helpful tips and methods that help us to lessen our anxiety and focus on positive moments during any and every troubling time that occurs in this thing we call life. What you focus on expands. So for right now, take a long, deep breath And let's focus on your heart's intelligence system so you know how to use it to lessen your fears, your anxiety, and your stress going forward. You are a powerful creator, and you have so much more power than you realize right now. Are you ready to unleash it for your soul's highest happiness? This is the Manifest It podcast. Move with shake
1: it up stop when the clock is 13 no one can do it like we do it like we do it like we do it cause no one can do it like we do it like we do it like we do it because no one can do it like we do it like we do it like we do it because no one can do like do it,
0: like do it, like we do it. Today, I have a very talented poet and artist with me, Victoria Walkden. Thank you so much for coming on, Victoria. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. You live in the UK, I live in the United States. Right now, for the last couple of months, we've been kind of bound to our homes more than usual given the pandemic that's going on how are you doing over there? It kind of depends which day you ask me. Some days I do
1: okay. I really do. And I'm proud of myself. And other days get really, really, really anxious. And I think it really depends how I commit to my day. If I watch too much news or if I spend hours scrolling through social media or whatever, then it's really, really easy to feel anxious and to get into that state. Whereas if there's a day when I'm meditating and going
0: nature and eating well, and then yeah, probably a, a lot less anxious. I'm an introvert. I love being at home. So overall, it hasn't really affected me too much. However, I've noticed in the beginning when we all started staying at home, I had the news on all the time. I live with anxiety. And even though I have anxiety, I'm still able to use the law of attraction really well. But I found that I was playing into my anxieties by having the news on all the time. So now I don't actually keep the TV on the news all day. I've told myself this is the situation and I'm going to choose to focus elsewhere for my well-being and, you know, my sanity and i want to keep the panic attacks you know Mm -hmm. so i don't focus so much on what's going on although i still stay connected to it have you noticed from the beginning of this whole thing of being on lockdown quote i use it in quotes because for me i love being in my house but for you have you noticed how you've changed your habitual home behaviors from the beginning of this up Until now, or is it pretty much the same routine? It has changed. I've become a lot more strict
1: about my routine and my habits. For example, I've been waking up quite early, which I kind of tend to do in the spring and summer anyway. So, but rather than just trying to get back to sleep, I'll be getting up and making coffee <laughs> and having a meditation. And really small things have made a difference. I love fresh coffee, you know, obsessed with it. And <laughs> so, that. while I'm making my fresh coffee while it's brewing I should say I've been doing my stretches just some you know pretty basic stretches which I wasn't doing before it's now become a habit so every day I come down and put the kettle on and get the coffee out it's brewing I do my stretching then I meditate drink my coffee and it's a great start to the day and although in the past I've done it, kind of do it sometimes and not other times. Whereas during this pandemic, I found I've had to do it to keep my mental health stable, because the the start of the day is so crucial, isn't it? How you start your routine, right? And I haven't been especially strict about how I meditate. Um, Generally, I just sort of do some deep breathing and, you know, that sort of thing. And I am still journaling very much so, but I'm not Again, I'm not quite so strict about that. It depends what comes out of the meditation. If I'm feeling more anxious than usual, I found I've, I've really had to stick to that in particular. And also going out in nature regularly. That doesn't have to be a daily thing though. As long as I do that like, every other day, just go for a walk in nature alone.
0: Do you feel that... Because like over here in the United States, we're bombarded with our president coming on the TV every day and like giving up his updates his own updates. Yeah, that was shade thrown at him. (laughs) (laughs) Over in the UK, like, do you feel that everyone is still like nervous about this virus? Because over here in the United States, I live in Texas. To be completely honest, I went and got my car inspected yesterday. I wore a mask. But I only saw one other person the entire time I was out wearing a mask. Our numbers are going higher since we reopened as a state. I feel like the general consensus, at least in Texas, I live in the Dallas area, they don't seem to be fearing that they could catch this virus. How is it for you over there in the UK right now?
1: Okay, so I live in a town. I wouldn't say it was a small town, but it was, it's, it's neither a big town. It's uh, Stratford-upon-Avon. I don't know if you know Shakespeare was born here and yeah. buried here, I should say. I love <laughs> yeah. yeah. And where we live is just on the outskirts. So we, are like, I'm literally looking at fields right now out my window.
0: Oh, nice.
1: So we're literally on the edge of the town, which is fantastic, because we can walk into nature without
0: when I look out my windows here in Dallas I see a bunch of concrete so I'm jealous
1: (laughs) yeah well it's one of the reasons we moved here because it was such an amazing location we're really lucky it came up so I think the younger generations are more blasé in general about you tend to see groups of younger people hanging about but getting close to each other when they're not supposed to I think the older generations are a lot stricter and a lot more aware and conscious of taking this seriously. Some people wear masks, but not many. I mean, not that I've been out much at all, but especially these past couple of weeks, we've had some really good weather and lots of people heading to the beaches. While they're keeping some distance, there's still a lot of people on the beaches. So I think it's mixed. I think it really depends on what parts of the UK like in London, I think maybe because London is such a big city, people used to being close. Mm-hmm. And they were showing pictures of people in Hyde Park. Hyde Park's one of the big parks mm-hmm. in London. And people sunbathing, you know, they've got, they got like bikinis on and everything.
0: Yeah,
1: you I know, saw the, like
0: the protest rally last weekend. <sighs> yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, well that was a lot smaller than the media gave it credit for, you know.
0: Yeah, but that's why I wanted to ask you this because obviously we're spiritual types. We believe in the law of attraction and we know that perception is reality. And so when the media gives off a certain perception, that's the whole reason why I wanted to ask you because over here in in Texas, at least, especially the Dallas area, people are, I'm going out, I'm doing my thing. It's not so much a a generational, at, at least from what I've witnessed yesterday, because I really do stay at home, but yesterday I went out and it's there wasn't like one particular demographic or any type of behavior that had a pattern for me, which is weird because I always look for patterns and everything. The older people and the younger people were not wearing masks. So I feel like the general, I don't want to speak for everybody, but From what I've perceived, because perception is reality, it it seems like people think that the worst is over. And like you said, the rallies that I saw on Twitter, people were really angry about these rallies that happened over the park area because we're on different sides of the pond. I just love to get your feeling of what you think the majority of the people in your area. I know you can't speak for everybody, but...
1: A majority of them take it seriously, I would say. I mean, when I talk about younger generations, um, that's a bit generalising. A lot of the young people are yeah. very are very sensible. There's always like just some groups, isn't it, gathering, having barbecues and stuff like that. But yeah, in general, I think people have been taking it seriously and being really good about it. To be fair, our neighbourhood has been fantastic. We set up um, well, one of my neighbours set up a WhatsApp group just for our our street. So when it first happened, and the rules were a lot stricter, we were really looking out for each other and buying food for each other if we needed it. It was just Mm -hmm. great. It was really, really great. We don't need it so much now because the rules have loosened a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think the picture that the media painted is quite different. I'm not saying it's not like that everywhere, but here, I mean, it's obviously serious. It's something to be taken seriously. I kind of on a spiritual level, Mm -hmm. I have a different kind of thought pattern about it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if the listeners know, I work with physicists at university. I have a lot of science that I get exposed to all the time. I am a spiritual person because I believe anything and everything can exist all at one time. As you being a spiritual being, what is your take on all that?
1: Okay, so in a nutshell, I love how science and spirituality merge so I'm fascinated by numbers like you are like the golden ratio you know the golden sequel Fibonacci. if I'm saying that right Taurus field that lives that you know our energy field quantum physics and all that and I mean I'm not really clever enough to understand it at the same time I'm fascinated by it Mm -hmm. and I'm also fascinated about not to the point that I need to like study it it just, I suppose it just fascinates me is, you know, about cells and atoms and like we're made up of mostly water. And, you know, the more you kind of go down that rabbit hole, the more you're like, well, what is disease? How can the body get disease if when you really look into the under a microscope of what the body actually is?
0: Yeah, because it I mean the the viruses and diseases, they obviously exist just as much as healthy atoms and particles. Those exist as well, healthy cells. Perception is reality. And yes, it is true. People get sick. I mean, we we all get sick with flu and colds and things like that. Overall, I'm handling this whole pandemic thing really well, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was nervous yesterday going out into public. It's so much like, how do you keep the, I guess, like the anxiety monsters? We're at home a lot more. There's days of the hustle and bustle in the day to day that usually keeps us distracted from right. self-aware. How are you doing your self-awareness on a okay it's such a great question and my answer is going to sound a little bit woo woo <laughs> a
1: little bit out there to some yeah, people yeah. to others it might not in a nutshell if I hope I just narrow it down to like one thing I listen to my heart my heart space some people are going to totally understand that totally get that and others are going to go what was she on about
0: you know or... is the heart space kind of the same thing as the soul
1: yes and it's all sort of part and parcel really and I think that For me, the heart, listening to my heart is listening to that voice that guides me, takes me down the safe road, takes me down the more joyful road, the more loving road or whatever. So, you know, in a really simplistic approach or idea, you've got this fork in every moment. You kind of got, in essence, a fork. Well, there's obviously you've got more options than that, you're infinite options, but you know, just to really simplify it, you can either go, you can either kind of react to your fear or you can, you know, react to your heart, what your heart is telling you to do. This is why slowing down focus is so important, because you've got to keep listening, you've got to keep listening to that voice. What my heart's saying to me is it's not that the danger isn't there, it's just she's telling me what to do to avoid it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a bit like you are choosing to have an empowering response rather than just reacting to all the noises going on around you with regards to what's happening in the world at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, she's saying, stay away from busy places. I mean, going very rarely, but occasionally I've been into town to pick up some bread from the bakery and it feels horrible. You know, like nobody, there's not many people anyway, but those that are there you know, they didn't smile at each other or rarely. And it's, it's very stressful because everyone has to stay so many meters apart. It's just not an enjoyable experience. So, you know, she's saying just, just do what you need to do. Get the bread, get out as quick as possible. Just leave. Don't stay in any situation whether it's in your head or in physical you know reality or whatever any longer than you need to it's going to bring your vibration down and it's going to bring your you know your joy down it's just going to make you feel like crap
0: like you said when we were talking offline like there's a lot of similarities to what we're going through even though we live on opposite sides of the pond some people may feel alone right now So like, that's kind of the whole reason why we wanted to do this podcast is because we want to encourage you as a soul and as a being, as a creator, you know, Abraham Hicks says we're creators of our reality, which is true, because I choose to believe that, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. everything you said, like you don't want to put yourself in a situation where it would bring down your alignment or your high vibration but yet you're aware of what's going on. You're just choosing not to entertain it for any longer than necessary. Okay, like some people might say, well, this person over here is sick and this person over here. And and it's not saying that we're denying helping other people. It's just in order to help other people, we have to be able to make sure we take care of ourselves so Mm -hmm. we can use our energy in a wonderful way to help others. For us, at least today, our podcast is, this is our way of being able to help others, given the fact that we have to be physically distant from other people. I know you said, like, in general, most people in your area are taking it very seriously. But do you think a lot of people, like, when you said you went and got the bread, they weren't smiling at each other. Do you think people are operating from fear-based levels? Or do you think... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think a good example is in our town, we have a Facebook group, which in many ways is fantastic, because if you want to share some information, let's say there's a, a traffic jam or, you know, other useful information that everybody can benefit from, you know, they can, they put stuff on there. And before all this, there, there was always the odd person who put some complaint or other about something, you know, or like, oh, whatever. But of course, since the pandemic, it's got worse so mm-hmm. you know people actually putting messages in that group saying they saw this person do this and you
0: mm-hmm. know
1: getting more bitchy i think it's is probably yeah. mm-hmm. what, I'm, what i'm saying but i think that's probably not surprising because stress levels are, are really high you know everybody's confused the government's not <laughs> not really they don't know what they're doing do they let's face it mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> stress levels are high and um the only way really is to not engage with that Mm -hmm. and while I can understand people want to vent it's just not productive is it I mean if you're conscious at any level you have to see that that's not productive just to go online and start ranting I mean Twitter I find uh, no disrespect to Twitter because it you know it has a lot of great stuff about it as well
0: hostile uh social
1: yeah Yeah. and you know there's some wonderful tweets on there but at the same time oh my goodness it's people are just using it to vent their stress and i just don't think they realize the effect it's having on their own life
0: and around yeah and but i feel like what we're going through is what we were talking about earlier is this is a time where we're kind of forced to to self-reflect about right how our our patterns and our behaviors are. You know, what what do you do each day? I know that for a fact because I've seen myself switch gears in the last couple weeks because, like I said, at the beginning, I was glued to the TV, wanting to watch the news all the time. But then I found myself crying and like just yeah when John Prime and like all these other people started getting like good soul to good hearted people when they start getting sick again even on Twitter there's tweets all the time about these family members and and if you submerge yourself in it too much then like you said it bring your vibration down so mm-hmm. to want the listeners to understand that what we're saying today is it's not selfish to take care of your well-being and yourself first because again Mm -hmm. it's so hard to help other people when you don't take care of yourself first absolutely yeah and like one of the amazing ways of taking care of yourself is i've read your books you have really good books your poetry is amazing I want our listeners to hear more about why you wrote your book. What's your first book? Tell us. Okay,
1: the first one is called "I Love and I Forgive." It is in essence about loving yourself and forgiving yourself as well as others, but predominantly a loving and forgiving yourself because if you don't, and you don't have to, but if you had a traumatic past, which let's face it, most People have had some kind of trauma at different levels, haven't they? I mean, this this is one right now in the middle of, isn't it? (laughs)
0: Like you said earlier, we all experience similarities. So, all of us at some point in our lives have gone through something that is extremely hard. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, the whole Me Too movement—you know—that was extraordinary. And with that, at first, I was didn't really agree with it exactly at first, and then i through my own healing journey I, I came to accept that actually i was part of the me too movement as well so i think that was some denial going on there for me mm-hmm. so the healing journey is is so layered i think
0: mm-hmm.
1: that sometimes we don't even we've buried trauma or pain or whatever
0: so so deeply yeah through distractions that you know like our normal hustle and bustle lives that we had before this pandemic started exactly it was a great way to have noise around us and distract us and ever yeah. since we were told to stay at home a lot of us have are reflecting on ourselves and our lives and it can be quite scary for some and that's why i love your books in this book you're saying that it's the healing journey from something traumatic And then as you go through the book, I obviously know everyone has their own journey, right? You know, I know how the book really benefited me and I'm such a thinker, you know, I love the brain and the mindset and you come from a place of your heart. And I just found that it was such a wonderful balance. It was like the yin to my yang, you know? (laughs) that's so awesome you do such a great job with your poetry and how you express yourself because you remind people like me who focus on thoughts all the time you have like such a calming and polishing way of talking about going through hard times and accepting that you know what it's okay to go through this healing journey you're gonna be okay keep talking about this book because it it really, (laughs) it really is such, such a really wonderful read by the way, because people need to read it. It's on Amazon. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hijack you. I just, no, no,
1: it's fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. Your kind words.
0: (laughs) I just had to express how great it is that you introduce heartfelt focus when, when I come from a world where I'm constantly thinking about the brain and the mind and So share some more with us. Okay.
1: So I used to be, I still am, but I used to be very much in my headspace as well. Very much. In fact, I used to have a business in the computer industry. I had a web design business. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I mean, I was never like a programmer or anything. I was a designer, but I had my own business. So three years ago, I started writing poetry. It wasn't a decision. It was really strange because I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. What was it? uh, Ten years ago, nine years ago? I tried to work, but eventually I had to give up my conventional work. I've had up and down years. And basically three years ago, I was really struggling with it. So I took up meditation daily. That's when the poems started coming through, which was so weird for me because I just, if you'd asked anybody, I did an art degree when I was younger. So I've always been a creative, but Mm. I was never really, I was never a poet. I I think I wrote like one poem in my life 20 (laughs) years ago. Before this, it was like my heart, my soul really wanted me to get out of my headspace. Mm-hmm. The only way I could do that is via meditation because I had to get quiet. So I had to, to uh, slow down all those thoughts to be able to hear it because it's so true. When I talk about my heart space, it's such a gentle voice mm-hmm. that if your head is like, oh, you know, you got all these thoughts raging and oh mm-hmm. my God, panic, fear, whatever, you're not going to hear that. Loving, gentle voice, right? And it was challenging because, like, my soul was saying, You've got to sit here and you've got to meditate at least 20 minutes. I resisted it. I did. I literally got angry some days. I don't want to do this, you know, like a little child. (laughs) All these poems just like came out, just flowed out of me like a waterfall, like multiple poems daily. And if I'm honest, a lot of them didn't make sense at the time. Mm. I was like, Okay, I don't even know what that means. And then two years later, when my consciousness had shifted, you know, on the healing journey. I was like, oh my I totally get that. It's almost like I was leaving a breadcrumb trail for
0: myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Who you truly are as an individual and as a soul being, did it take two years for you to start noticing it or was it just something that expanded and intensified over time? Yeah, the latter.
1: Yeah. So it's gradual. It's like any journey, isn't it? Yeah. That's
0: how it was for me too. Even though you're choosing to focus a heartfelt area, which is feelings and emotions, even those are tied to your brain, even though you're saying, oh, I have to get out of my headspace, really and truly you're shifting your headspace and you're shifting it into what you choose to focus on and that is, you know, the saying, what you choose to focus on expands. Everything stems from your brain, but I love how in your book you do talk about your heart and your soul and and how we're human, and it's okay to be human. It's okay not to be perfect. Even through your wonderful poetry, the messages that you convey tell you that, you know what, your brain is super important because At least for me, this is how I interpreted it. Your brain is super important, but it doesn't have to rule you. You rule your brain via your heart and your soul and centered as soul being from that. That's why I really love that book because you literally like tell the reader you're good enough as you are. You're okay. Anything that happened to you already, you're allowed to let it go and you're allowed to be nice to yourself and you're allowed to love yourself. And you do it through emotion and feeling, which I think, like I said, is the yin to my yang (laughs) because I focus everything through thought, bringing this back to what you said earlier about how we're all going through similar experiences. That's true. You may focus on a certain angle of a certain situation, but really and truly like you said, if you just live everything through love. I just want to state something that I don't know a lot
1: about this yet, but it's something, again, I'm fascinated in, is that there's a growing evidence that the heart has its own intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the Taurus, our energy field is supposed to—I believe I, my understanding—is expands from our chest outwards. I believe that's our heart actually has—it's not its own
0: intelligence because obviously we're <laughs> we're one being and right because you know our brain goes on autopilot and that's yeah. how humans like to function. We. Let's be honest here. We love to be on autopilot. We don't want to have to, to, you know, change our habits and our behaviors. Would you say that the heart has its own intelligence system in the sense that maybe the heart also has a way of kind of being on autopilot? I think the heart space, I call it, that is the greater consciousness.
1: The thoughts in our heads we've been taught in this lifetime and patterns, beliefs, you know, we've, we've learned all that on a timeline, but in a heart space is like the far greater consciousness of everything. And that's why for me, anyway, my heart is always telling me to meditate and go into, mm-hmm. you know, sink into the abyss, which is often is a theme that comes through a lot of my poetry is just to
0: yeah.
1: go into that space of nothing really, because it takes you out of your, too obsessed with certain thoughts like fear fear is a very contractual energy isn't it it's like oh my god panic and i freeze and you know and i and i've really experienced that firsthand with having rheumatoid arthritis and i'm aware and conscious that on an energetic level that's pretty much what's happened to me it's i've been very fearful and it's kind of felt it in my joints like in this trap like bound you know Mm. anyone with arthritis will probably relate to that my heart is like saying okay just see the bigger picture come out of your fear for a moment Mm. and see this way bigger picture and because when you're in the bigger picture space you can see things from different angles and that's where your power is Mm -hmm. so fear is like you have this one-dimensional kind of viewpoint of something oh my god i'm gonna go to supermarket and if i don't wear a mask i'm going to get covid and i'm going to die Mm -hmm. you know that's quite extreme but that's what a lot of people are thinking and it brings your vibration down so if you can step out of that for a minute and say well actually there's infinite options here if i get into my greater consciousness state or my heart space as i call it Mm -hmm.
0: I call yeah. it, like, your soul's compass or your soul's nudge. Right. Soul's we all have
1: different names, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: I personally just call it my heart space, I guess, yeah. because it's like love. To me, it's loving, because it's saying, yeah. you know
0: what? You have so many more options here than that. But like you say, you live your life from love through love. And that yeah. that's why I like the heart space. You're saying when you choose to follow your heart space in what it tells you, then you realize...
1: Well I think the word love is misconstrued if that's the word or it's like people may think of it in romantic ways or that love is all about I don't know like softness and tenderness which it is don't get me wrong. Unconditional love is saying if you just rest in this space of nothing or whatever you want to call it just be at peace just for a minute with everything just just don't react to everything that's going on, just be at peace and just observe, just watch, just witness in that space, mm. then you have so much more power. You can start playing with this experience in a much calmer, more peaceful way. And you can go, oh my God, okay, that thought that is really dragging me down, that thought over there. It's almost like you could
0: see it as a screen. and, you, and You're choosing to respond in an empowering way when you operate from your heart space. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it is about love
1: and gentleness and tenderness. That's because when you're in that peaceful place, you feel more gentle and tender and loving, don't you? You're like, okay, I'm more relaxed now and I'm going to treat myself better and I'm going to give myself better thoughts and I'm going to treat other people better <laughs> and, so and so on and so on and so on. But when you're in a fearful state, you're like, oh my
0: God, I just want to like take it out on someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you feel you feel out of control and... Yeah. Yesterday when I was, you know, in public and I saw people weren't wearing their masks, even though I chose to wear a mask, I wasn't looking at them and going, oh my God, they're gonna freaking get sick. You know, it wasn't (laughs) like that. It was just more like... That's what they've chosen to do I send them positive loving happy vibes I'm gonna focus on getting my car inspected but it doesn't mean that I don't care about them or that I need to do something in order to adjust my surroundings because in the laws of physics energy is everywhere and it, it's chaotic it, it's not a you know sequential order of things in our universe. Mm-hmm. It really and truly is on how you choose to Focus. That's why I love your first book because you talk about how people are allowed to heal themselves from their own thought patterns, from their own ways of feeling and emotions. And you like teach them through your words and your poetry that you're fine. You don't have to beat yourself up over having these thoughts. Let's focus on expanding your heart space and expanding all the things that you are because you're amazing as you are. At least that helped me when I was reading it to remind myself because I am a recovering perfectionist. I say recovering. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. It helped me to remind myself that you know what? It's okay. I'm doing an amazing job. I'm a human being. I love myself because I'm part of Mother Nature. And I do. I love how you tie in Mother Nature with a lot of your poetry.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know we we're talking about patterns earlier and how you're fascinated by patterns
0: mm-hmm, and of yeah. course
1: you see them everywhere in nature right yes. um A like, sequence. but i think also these patterns you know when you're in that state of looking for the patterns and the numbers and so forth i think it's great because it shows that you're in that state of consciousness where you're
0: conscious that I was gonna say there's a bigger picture at play. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that your current reality doesn't have to hold power over you.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Because you're looking, you are the observer, that the one who is focusing, you can focus on what is going on around you or you can just focus on what's making you afraid. That constant kind of stepping back, if that's the right phrase of reassessing and, and remembering that you are not your reality and you're not your reality because you can change your thoughts you yeah it's like
0: you said earlier with the fork even though there's infinite possibilities like i mean you are correct like most of the time as humans we relate choices to a fork in the road because we all go through hard times in life and yeah right now this is a trying time for many people with the pandemic going on but I think it's a it's also a gift to us. Let me explain this because I know it's not a gift that people get sick and die. But I just mean I think it's a gift for us ourselves as individuals to be able to reflect and say, okay, I wanna change this because I don't I don't wanna have these thoughts anymore. I don't I don't want to entertain this emotion anymore. That fork that you were referring to, our vantage point is our reality. So at any time, we can say enough is enough and we're not going to entertain our fears any longer. And that right there is like the most empowering choice that one could make. Yeah. But I think
1: that it's going back to trauma and the healing journey. When you're in that state of suppressing some trauma, So Mm -hmm. you could be in a state of denial, for example, or you're in survival mode, which a lot of people have been and they didn't even realize it. Still are. Yeah. Because day by day you're like suppressing whatever Mm -hmm. you're suppressing. You're not able to step back and and see that you have more power and there's a greater consciousness and that you have choice of thoughts. And Especially for people with families. I mean, I take my hat off for people with kids who, especially with all the homeschooling, (laughs) I mean, oh my goodness. Working and homeschooling at the same time. So in fairness, I would imagine that would be very challenging to take time out to meditate and and do all that.
0: What is your advice for the listeners right now? Because again, Manifest It, my whole brand is all about thought and manifesting through thoughts. You're heart-centered. What is your advice to the listeners right now and going forward once the pandemic is over? What is your advice for them that could be like a blueprint for their heart doctor. It's difficult to give just one piece of advice for everybody because it's,
1: you know, everybody's journey is so unique, isn't it? And it's going to sound cheesy, but I do think love and forgiveness is the answer in any form that suits the individual best because forgiveness is a way of letting go. I know for me, when I started on this journey, and I was, I was going to say guided, but I was actually pushed by my soul to forgive myself, forgive certain friends and family. I never considered, I was at that consciousness state at the time, I never considered self-forgiveness. It just never occurred to me. I don't know, has that, has that ever occurred to you?
0: It never occurred to me until I gave myself permission to do it.
1: It was always to me, for some reason, I had this belief that forgiveness was about forgiving others.
0: Exactly. And I always thought forgiving them meant that they were excused from their behavior.
1: Right, right. When I realized there was such a thing as self-forgiveness, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, so what, I've got to forgive myself. How does that work? (laughs) So I started researching it. I started researching it and reading books about it and things like that. And I discovered that it really is, in essence, a way of letting go of burdens and pain and suffering So I can actually let go of my suffering. And that was a whole new journey because it's like, it doesn't just happen overnight or at least it didn't Uh. for me. Maybe it's it's,
0: it's habitual thought patterns that you're changing. Really and truly, like all the hustle and bustle of our lives, we don't think about how our thought patterns are just that. They're patterns. They're habitual, built-up patterns. Me, when I realized, oh, I could forgive my suffering, forgive myself for, for all this pain that I'm continuing to harbor. Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming at first.
1: Absolutely. And the question
0: that struck
1: me is, why would I not want to let go of suffering?
0: at least for me. And I feel like it's for most people, but it's because it's something that's familiar. Right, right. That is definitely one side of it. I
1: I agree for myself as well.
0: Yeah. Um, But I feel like once I had reached that point where you said you realized, oh, I don't have to suffer any longer. I feel like, that in itself was, I lifted a boulder off my shoulder when I said to myself that, you know what, I don't have to, to feel this way or think this way anymore. Uh-huh. And again, it's not excusing how people treated you. It's more just, I'm not going to allow it to affect me going forward.
1: I agree. And yeah. I, sorry, I just want to say right there that your yeah. choices, your day to day choices will or will not affect your suffering. This is why I think this is what's so interesting about this pandemic because it's made everybody, Oh well, apart from the wonderful health workers and key workers, they've, <laughs> I was about to say, it's made everyone slow down, but it hasn't made them slow down. I know. Oh, I know.
0: I know. We, like- by, by the way, as we're doing this podcast, like we want to make sure if you have any questions about the virus or about what you should do, obviously you can consult the CDC and the WHO. I'm a believer in science. So, you know, I like to listen to what the scientists are saying. But yeah, we're not obviously trying to tell you like if you think this way then you're not going you know you're going to get the virus but really and truly we're just trying to show you that there's a different way there's a different perspective there's a different perspective in getting through this pandemic so yeah I just want to make sure that we put that out there for the listeners
1: exactly and I think
0: but that for those of us that have been forced to slow
1: down I think it's, that is a blessing. So like you say, obviously, there's a lot of very unfortunate...
0: Yeah, we're not know. discarding that at all. No,
1: and, no. Yes, and like you
0: said, we, there's not enough gratitude we could, could give to the health workers. And absolutely. Grocery store um, workers and the delivery drivers and everybody absolutely. out there right now. We are so grateful for you. There's nothing we could say to express our gratitude. Exactly. For us that are slowing down and staying at home more. I think the importance of
1: that is that it's very challenging because obviously if you slow down, you've then got to listen to all the thoughts and stuff in your head, right? Okay. But what it does give the opportunity to do, if you go into your heart space or whatever you want to call it and you meditate and you step back and you go, okay, well, you recognize that these thoughts and these choices you're making second by second, nanosecond by nanosecond every day you know where you walk around in the house how you walk around in the house and all of these things are building up the picture of your life I can totally understand why it has to be a journey over so many years because there's so many layers and I think like I'm 49 so imagine all those years <laughs> and all those layers so you know you've got to be really super gentle with yourself and really kind and loving because you've got to go layer upon layer even when you maybe change some belief or some pattern you find another pattern underneath
0: it like oh my god you know (laughs) that's Um, that's why like i say everything's so interconnected not only our organs but even just our thought patterns and our emotions everything's so interconnected
1: Absolutely. And uh, you know, you were talking earlier about how this period has given us the time to reflect. And I've been doing the same. And, and I look back 10 years ago, for example, and I just feel like such a different person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, I wasn't writing poetry, I wasn't painting um
0: yeah, and you're. By the way, she is a painter, and she sells her paintings and makes good <laughs> off of it. You are so talented, Victoria. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. You're very yeah. Good <laughs> and, no, really. And like you, you have this line called "Victorious by Nature." I bought one of her shirts, and I wear it around the house all the time. I actually wore it for nine days straight. La- the, <laughs> then I changed my shirt Sorry. yesterday. <laughs> but it's just so soft and comfortable. I mean, your books, though, are, if you really want to like learn how to forgive yourself, your books are just, like I said, so calming. Whereas you're the yin to my yang you touch in and dive into the emotion more and again everything's interconnected you know when you started taking my courses oh brilliant um, I love I love your books I love your books
1: and yeah I mean I be honest I don't journal every single day but I journal regularly yeah almost every day
0: and even some people they don't want to write it down or type it out on a computer But even if you just stop, again, with the pandemic going on, some of us are having to slow down and be in our homes. It gives us plenty of time to reflect. And even if you don't write it down or type it out, just sitting five minutes a day, focusing on what you want to focus on and how you want to feel it recenters your heart space as you absolutely do.
1: and you know e- even if you're not ready for that and I know because I've been at times I haven't been ready for that and I don't know what to want you know me, <laughs> I, I bleep myself out there yeah
0: thank you. <laughs> I told YouTube and my podcast people that it. it's a clean show so thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I bleep myself out um but yeah you know I've been at times like that where
1: especially at the beginning of my journaling journey which was with you i mean when we became friends on facebook
0: yeah and i i did those courses on facebook
1: just it was so good it was a real really really (laughs) transitionary for me is that does that sound right um yeah it was a big transition for me like when i first started and i still do this sometimes i don't know what to write and i would just write swear words Mm-hmm. I, I, like if I'm feeling frustrated about something I would just <laughs> oh you, you do like
0: a, a brain dump yeah I call it a brain dump
1: yeah and it just doesn't make sense it's just full of swear words and like, ah, believe like, me And then when,
0: when, I, when I work with the physicists and I'm in meetings with them I've done a lot of brain dumps on words <laughs> and not save the word document yeah, yeah. no I understand <laughs> and you know but that's that's the beauty of it
1: there's no rules you've got to remember that it's only you watching so, if you're judging yourself, yep. what's that all about? You it's know, that, if you don't. That if you is don't...
0: so profound. Can you say that one more time? Okay, so when you're journaling,
1: you are watching yourself. So, if you have a problem with anything you're writing down or that you can't write down or whatever, then you're, you're making a judgment about yourself. You are, I think it's, it would be beneficial <laughs> to really look in, under that, you know, into that and, um, and ask yourself. Why, why don't I want to write that down? Or why am I looking at a blank piece of paper? Why can't I even swear on paper or whatever? It's, you know, you are the only person there with your, you know, when you're on your own with your journal, with your pen, you are the only person there. So whatever issues you have, it's all about you. And that's hard. I found that hard I really did I still do because it's your judgment it's on you and nobody else is judging you I mean it might depend on your religious beliefs but I think when it's just you in the room and you have problems getting your thoughts on paper or knowing what you want or whatever it is you know you maybe need to explore that because that's holding you back
0: you know yeah once you get it out there, whether it's yeah, you know, on paper, or on a Word document, or even if you, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and you say it out loud to yourself, once you get it out there, that's where uh, I feel like a lot of people, that's the reason why they don't do it, is because they're afraid of the what's next. I am here to say that first time it feels foreign. But then the more you do it, the more you realize it really is a choice. You can get it out there and then continue to hold on to it and harbor it. Or you can get it out there and say, you know what? I am now choosing the opposite, which is dot, 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 dot. And I'm I'm lovingly choosing the way I want to think and feel. I mean, like I said, with your poetry, it's polished and it's so finesse the way you basically reach into our heart space and pull it out of us. Well, when I'm so proud of you, because I know when, yeah, when we first met online a few years ago and, and we did the courses on Facebook, you know, you were a little bit shyer. and now I see you as a blossomed business owner in many areas of talents. I just think that you are awesome. You're just you are such a wonderful wonderful gift to the world and to humanity. Well, so thank you very
1: much. But I yeah. you, you've you've helped me on my journey, so thank you, you know. Tell um. tell
0: us tell the listeners again like the name of your books and on Amazon is where you can buy them. How else can we reach you uh, via like your website or social media? Okay. Well, my
1: website is my name, which is victoriawalkden.com. And via there, you can click on the link to buy my first book. My second book is in production that will hopefully be available this summer. It's your
0: third book, because I have two of your published books.
1: That's true. The (laughs) first one, I've actually, the first one I've actually, just recently during the pandemic, I took it out of, what do they call it? Took it out of circulation or something? Oh,
0: uh, you unpublished it. Yeah, unpublished it
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, because it was called Dreams Come True.
0: Yeah,
1: actually, this is really poignant. That book, as you know, because you have it, you were one of my first customers. Thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. really, great. It really supported me in that on the, on my journey oh. at that time. It was so wonderful. But it was all, it's all about being the sort of magician, if you like, or that we all are, that we'll, just that we're more empowered than that we are. But for me, what I didn't realize, this is probably a whole different conversation, but what I didn't realize when I wrote that book is that it took me down the path of my second book, which is called I Love and I Forgive. Because what I didn't know, and this is really, really poignant, and I think probably applies to a lot of people, is that when you first become more conscious and aware of who you are and what you want, and then you might start looking into the laws of attraction and and, uh, quantum physics or whatever you might hit a massive wall and and i've read this about other people i did i'm hit a massive wall i was like this doesn't make sense i was meditating like so fantastically and writing poetry i was like this is great um and then suddenly this massive wall and i what i didn't realize it was a wall or part of my healing journey Mm-hmm. I had to deal with some traumas. If you've got like these subconscious traumas you're not dealing with, it massively affects the choices you make, what you attract into your life. But sometimes when you first go down this path, it actually takes you down another path. And you're like, what is going on? Oh, you know. That's kind of how
0: I felt. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt with, you know, I'm writing my third book. I've got a lot of it written, but there was a point right before the pandemic started, I Kind of felt like I hit a wall, and I was, what am I experiencing? Yeah. taking the time to work through it now I understand a little bit better why I needed hit the wall, so to speak,
1: yeah, yeah
0: it doesn't mean that you know I call them setbacks it doesn't mean that just because you experience that setback that your journey isn't working for you in your- exactly exactly mm-hmm. exactly,
1: I think in fact, this might be a good, really good time to. This is a poem I wrote recently, which is going to go in the in the third book Oh the okay. second book, which, whichever way you look at it. Yeah, so I was going to say gonna, this third book, I'm going to call it Dreams Come True.
0: You're republishing your your like yeah. as a revised edition.
1: Yes, exactly. Oh, if I can get my if I can get my screen back on, okay. Yeah, I had to do a lot of learning and healing before I could actually start making my dreams come true. And I didn't realize that at the beginning. And I think if it's so any listeners out there who first going into journaling and law of attraction and all that, don't be put off. You know, you may hear this over and over again, but mm. it's a journey, it's a process. Don't give up, never give up. It's true. It's the same with
0: owning a business, too. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, again, perception is reality. We look around yeah. that everybody has all this success, and, you know, I'm here, comparison syndrome. But really and truly, owning a business is a journey as well. It's not a, well, once I figure this out, then I'll be successful. It's, it's yeah. building blocks, which mm-hmm. I could go into science about how building blocks mm-hmm. and molecules work together, but I will not. <laughs> <put> that into- <laughs> That's another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have something okay. that you're putting in your third book or your. Okay.
1: So, yeah. So this is. It's about gratitude. And again, I learned quite a lot of this from you because you talk oh. about gratitude a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, very important. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't understand until recently is why gratitude is so important. It is. It helps you focus, which is important. Mm. But there's kind of like a great depth to it. And I'm going to read this poem and kind of explain a bit about it, my thought process. So it's called Thank You, but the A-N-K-H in it is ankh like key of life egyptian on because i've been fascinated by symbols like key of life and like what's that you know i and love
0: the egyptian c- culture like the history of the egyptians
1: i know i'm fascinated by it too and, yeah. and
0: and even native american i'm i'm fascinated with their history oh uh,
1: yeah me too but this and key of life i was like well, what does it mean what is the key of life you know and if you go online and you google it you might see different answers and that's okay but for me i think the key is gratitude because when you're in a state of gratitude, you're in your heart space. So it literally, it, it opens your heart. So you could say that the gratitude is the key and opens your heart. And when you're in your heart space, you're much
0: more empowered. Okay. I'm just going to read it really quick. Is that all right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I want to, okay. Read. I think I read it on your Facebook post yesterday, but I want the listeners to hear this for sure. Okay, cool. So it's called. Thank you. Into love we fall
1: by thanking it all, unlocking the door that bound us before. We've opened our hearts and ready to start. With no more lockdown, we can see all around. With a lens that's clear, we can better steer and travel as one by knowing love's one. The unlocking the door, so the door being our heart, kind of looking at it from a different angle is that when we've been through a lot of trauma and stress and heartache and goodness we all build up barriers mm-hmm. yeah without even knowing it don't we we've you know we've all done that and build up an identity and protective and shield. and what we don't realize is that those barriers and protective shields actually prevent us from living our dream life yeah we're not even aware of it until we become more conscious but gratitude if we thank you all so it's, it says by thank you in, into love we fall by thanking it all like you were saying it's a sort of odd blessing to go through this pandemic.
0: Yeah. And
1: I know that's that's like weird it feels
0: it feels icky and kind of weird just to, I know. You know especially <laughs> for
1: people who have who loved ones have died and I you yeah. know, there's no disrespect or anything. I really yeah. obviously don't mean but this pandemic's obviously a very extreme example of it. Yeah. But th- the obvious thing to say is that any experience in life is a lesson and you know, a
0: different viewpoint on life here in this world. What we're trying to get out here is we all go through trauma at some point in our lives. You know, looking back at the trauma, it's not like we're saying we would go through it again. (laughs) But it's like we're thankful for it because it helped us grow and expand and learn, you know what, I'm not put up with this anymore or I'm not that person because I'm this person now. So it, that's what we mean by gratitude, not so much yeah. gratitude for experiencing it at the time. Yes. And
1: I think thanking it all changes your physical and well, your in- entire energy field because especially if you put your hand on your heart, I have to say this, for me, it works really, really well. If you put your hand on your heart, it takes you into your heart space and just say like a little prayer or wish or, or whatever. Just say, thank you. Thank you for, hmm. you don't even have to explain it. It just somehow it shifts. And if you, it might not work at first,
0: but, but keep doing, keep doing it. It's kind of hard to put into words, but well, I, it, like, I do it too. Sometimes I say, you know, I now give myself permission to thank you for the lessons learned. Thank you that I learned this, that, dot, dot, dot. And I say, you know, now I give myself permission.
1: That. I think I think that's fantastic fantastic word permission it's so yeah in fact I wrote a poem about that as well <laughs> I, mean, I love it I love that I love that word because we don't grant ourselves that mm. freedom often do we you know we don't give ourselves permission so then it says with no more lockdown, we can see all around with a lens that's clear. We can better steer. So the thanking it all is helps you to step back from everything because it takes away the chains of. The, to put it in a different way, when you're angry, you're very attached to a particular outcome or judgment or something, and you want to fix it and you want to sort it and you want to beat the heck out of it and everything. And it's very disempowering. But by thanking it all, everything, the, the hardships and the and the good times it helps you to step into that bigger picture that we were talking about. Yeah. And from the bigger picture, you can make much better choices. Right. And, you know, you're in a much calmer state, a much more
0: peaceful state. It's not so much emotional reaction to the circumstance. Ex- exactly. Empowering choice of a decision that is best for is- you. Going for.
1: Exactly. So that's why the key, or to me anyway, the key of life is gratitude, which opens your heart, because it, it helps you move into that space of peace and calm so you can make rational choices. Well, maybe rational not the right word, but better choices, maybe rational choices, calmer choices, wiser choices, more loving choices. That was a big shift for me when I, because before I'd be like writing lists of what I'm grateful for, which was okay, but I was like, this isn't changing me much. And then I had a shift one day. I was like, well, actually gratitude goes much deeper than that. It actually affects your entire energy and how you process life and how you manage your life. That is a big thing
0: for me. Anyway, I'm excited for your revamp of your. (laughs) Yeah. Dreams come true. (laughs) So so you have your website, and then are you on any social media channels? Yes,
1: I'm on Instagram as Victoria underscore artist
0: underscore poet.
1: but the, I think the little well, the links are on my website so it's probably easier to
0: oh okay <laughs> to so, on that. so so then go to victoriawalkden.com and it's it's w-a-l-k-d-e-n like that's right in yeah and like walk into a den but without <laughs> yeah right. <walking. laughs> and it's right. a dot com right dot com yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right yeah from yeah. there people can learn more about your books and about your amazing paintings and. Oh my gosh, you just wear so many hats because you're so talented. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast today and talking about how you live through the the heart space and, and focusing on that because I'm such a mind person and it's so nice to be able to get a, an emotional connection because it's all interconnected. And like you said earlier, we all go through similar experiences. I'm just so appreciative for you coming on here. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having
1: me, and thank you for helping me with my journey because it's been you know there's just really just a handful of individuals that have quite massively impacted my life. You know I would say that meeting you and and having you as a friend and having your books has been big big part of my journey and so i'm I'm really grateful for you and you know all your work It's funny because when you're putting your Stuff out there, be it books or movies or art or whatever. And, you know, maybe seemingly nothing's really going that fast, or you just don't know the impact that you're having on people. And I think if you're guided to write a book or create anything and to share it, you know, if your heart's telling you that, your soul's telling you that, then do it because impact it can have on someone's life can be really fundamental.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Let's feel the fear and do it anyway. Take Mm minutes. Action because your physical vibrations of putting together what sparks you, whether it's a book or paintings or jewelry or whatever it is that you really want to do, taking those physical actions, it it shows the universe. Like, I mean, business, like, I want to do this. Again, a setback doesn't mean that it's not working, it just means you're being redirected into an even better situation and better outcome for you. And and it's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. We say as we're both business owners and we say, keep going, keep doing it. Yeah. It's going to be scary at times, but just keep going because like she said, you're impacting people and you don't even realize it. And that is the truth. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. And please go to Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk to purchase Victoria's books. And I'm in America, so mine is... Although I am in the UK, my books are also on Amazon.co.uk. And I think Victoria's, your books are on .com as well. Because when I... Both. yeah, both, yeah. Yeah, so either one. You can go to any of your Amazon links, really, wherever you are, and grab our books, and, yeah, go to victoriawalkton.com to check out more of her amazing, amazing talents. <laughs>
1: Shake it up, stop when the clock, hits 13.